0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. To Him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. And I want to emphasize since The world began. So he is getting them to look ahead as we look ahead today. And in doing so, he's reminding them of something and some things that happened before the world began. And we'll continue to read here, but the Bible says, but now is made manifest. So these are things that were secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Christ forever. Amen. So as we consider these things today, Paul concludes again with these words of encouragement. You know, these Christians in the book of Romans, sometimes we imagine... If we don't know very much, we can imagine that first century Christianity was a little easier than we have it today. But the truth of the matter is, is that most of the history of Christianity has actually been fairly difficult circumstances. And we all have a tendency, if we're not careful, to get our eyes fixed on the adverse circumstances rather than fixed on the Savior, amen? Amen. And so, right here, the Apostle Paul, he mentions this wisdom, this knowledge that existed before the world began. And I want to preach just a few moments this morning on the thought before the beginning. Before the beginning. Now, you know, when we think of God and eternity, our human understanding, our finite reasoning and understanding begins to break down. We, as temporal beings, everything we know has a beginning and an end. It's hard for us to comprehend something that never began, something that's never ended. It's hard for us to comprehend eternity. Uh, Our understanding, our reasoning breaks down. But before there was anything else, there was God. And you know, you ever ask yourself the question, what was God doing, you know, eternity ago? Because again, we try to think on these measures of time. And you know what I believe God was doing, uh, you know, say a million years ago? I believe, see, since God is not restricted by time like we are restricted by time, He is an ever-present God, and He fills all space, but He also fills all time. Albert Einstein theorized that if someone could travel at the speed of light, that they could fill the universe with themselves. Well, guess what? God has filled the universe with Himself. He's filled all time and eternity with Himself. And so, in the beginning, the Bible says in Genesis 1:1, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created. That is one of the most profound theological statements found anywhere in the Bible. See, there was never a time when God was not. And there will never be a time when God will not be. He is the Eternal One. He is the self-sufficient one, He he knows all, He's everywhere, He can do anything, and He is sovereign. See, in His foreknowledge, He knew us. Harold Seitler used to make this statement and ask this question, he said, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? Has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? God has never just thought, wow, that's something. I just figured that out. God is never surprised. God is not baffled. God is not shaken. God is not confused. He does not worry. He does not make mistakes. See, and before the beginning, God had a plan. Now, it's easy for us today to say, Well, Pastor, i got to be honest with you. If what we're looking at today is the plan of God, I've got some serious issues. But an important thing you need to understand about the plan of God is that in the beginning, one of the things that God did when He made mankind is He made mankind with a gift. And that gift is the gift of free will. And so people say, why is the world in the, the condition that it's in today It's in the condition God, this is not the world that God wants it to be. That world is yet to come. This is a world where man is able to say, let me try to figure it out. Let us try to do it. And we today live with the results of man's choice, not of God's. But God's not done yet. But the reason we are here today in the condition we're in is because God, He is very much working in the affairs of man, but He's doing so while allowing man to have free will. Because even in doing these things, He's able to ultimately get the glory and bring and and for the good of others. But I want to just notice a few things here before the beginning as we think about the mystery, the revelation of the mystery of God Almighty As difficult as it is to explain eternity and God, there's a few things about the mind and purpose of God we may not be able to grasp, but the Bible says in Romans 11, verse 33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, verse 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, before something ever happens, he knows it. Before something happens, he's prepared. Even though he allows man to make free choices, see, and that's to say this, not everything that happens in this world by far Not everything that happens in this world is the will of God. But God can have His will and has His will in all things that happen. In other words, He's able to work all things together for for our good and for His glory. In His infinite wisdom and grace and love for mankind, God loves every man. God loves every woman. God loves every boy and every girl. There's no one that the Lord doesn't love. His love is unspeakable. His love is un, or incomprehensible. But thank God His love is knowable. Do you know His love today? It's wonderful to know, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful to be able to know? The Bible says that we can have a, enjoy the peace of God which passeth knowledge but a few things I want to tell you that before the beginning. Number one, I want to say that before there was a sinner, there was a Savior. Before there was ever a sinner, there was a Savior. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 20, The Bible says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Notice this, verse 20 says, Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. So before there was ever a sinner, before anybody ever sinned, God already had a Savior provided. You see, sin separates mankind from God Almighty. And God was not willing to accept that. God wanted to make a way to reconcile and bring man back to himself, but there was only one way to do it, and that was for the Lord Jesus Christ to pay the penalty. There's a penalty for sin. The Bible says all of sinning comes short of the glory of God. That separation from God, from both now and in eternity, separated from God Almighty forever. But God, before there was ever a sinner, before there was ever, someone ever sinned, there was a Savior. Jesus Christ was foreordained. The Bible says there was a lamb spoken of in the book of Genesis 3.15. The Bible says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. In Genesis 22, verse 8. Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for sacrifice. God will provide himself a lamb. So we see the lamb was mentioned all the way back in the very first book of the Bible. But then the lamb was manifested in the gospel of John chapter 1 where when John was out baptizing there in the Jordan River across the hillsides of Judea, the next day, the Bible says in John one twenty nine, John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. See, before man ever sinned, God had a plan to restore man to himself. The Bible says in 1 John 4.9, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world. So we see the Lamb was spoken of, the Lamb was manifested, but we also see the Lamb slain. Revelation 13, verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him whose names are not, or, or, or not written in the book of life. But it says this, the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. See, so before the world ever began, the Bible says that Christ was foreordained to go to the cross. The Bible says before the world was ever created, Jesus was a Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, which was just simply to say, God put man on this earth with choice. Sadly, man chose sin. Often men continue to choose sin, but God chooses you. And He loves you. So before the world ever began, it's not that Jesus actually died before the world began, but the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world lets us know that in the mind and the plan of God, there was a plan in place. And of course, God is not restricted by time, so He's able to see all things in all time. But so Jesus paid the price. Before, and when I'm talking about man here, understand this. Quite frankly, I'm talking about you. Before you were ever born, there was already a plan in place for you to be saved. Before there was ever a sinner, there was a Savior. But I want to say that not only that, but before there was ever guilt, there was grace. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.9, "...who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling." Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given in Christ Jesus before the world began. So before the world began, folks, before there was ever guilt, there was grace. Before man ever strayed, there was grace to bring him home. Isaiah 53 verse 6 the Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. So before there was ever guilt, there was grace. Before man ever strayed, there was grace to bring him home. Before man ever sinned, there was grace to make him clean. See, sin defiles us before God Almighty. See, we may, look, we may get cleaned up and look good physically today, but God knows how that sin mars and, and, and makes our souls dirty in the presence of Almighty God. But before there was ever, uh, before man ever sinned, there was grace to make him clean. The Bible says this in Romans 3, verse 23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I want to just take a moment to let you understand what that verse means. For all have sinned. Well, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? All have sinned. That's everyone. Every one of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, here's the thing. We may be able to look at some other people that have sinned worse than we. But there's an interesting illustration in this. Anybody into archery? Well, if you're into archery, this is a good time of year. Shane, uh, Shane's a national champion, I believe, right? Uh, right here, yeah. Within our church, we actually got a national champion archer. We got a national champion uh, uh, pistol shooter. We got some cool stuff going on here, amen? So, uh, but in archery, uh, I mean, this dude's like shooting rings forever away and stuff. But anyway, uh, when it comes to archery, uh, you know, just, in, just given the case that you're trying to hit the bullseye, say that that, that little red dot is the goal. You may come and hit the ring right outside of that uh, mark. Or you may hit right on the edge. You may hit, I've I've got some targets at home that got like the black footings. I've hit those before. That's not even on the board. But the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In other words, some of us, no, I'm not going to put me in that category. Some of you have got right within that first ring. Man, it's you you're good people. You've done right, you're nice, you give people the shirt off their backs. You you've you're, you're you're religious, you've been baptized, you're a member of a church, whatever. I mean as far as man is concerned, you're right within one of those first rings. And there's some of us that either just missed it all together or, or hit the hit the foot of that target or or whatever else. Or you have to go about 20, 20 yards behind the target to find the arrow back in the dirt back there where some of us may be. But one thing's for sure, we've all come short. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So you say, well, I haven't done that much, but have you hit that mark? See, perfection is the only standard that God will accept. You say, well, hold on a second, preacher. Well, that kind of counts us out, doesn't it? It does. Except for the fact that Jesus came as perfection. He came and hit the mark, and now he says, if you accept me, I'm hitting the mark on your behalf. Okay? So what we're doing here at Elk Point Baptist Church is we are not trying to get people to convert to uh, be members of this church and, and become Baptist or something like that. That is not the objective. The objective is to let you know that there's a God in heaven that loves you. He hit the mark for you. He's fulfilled all the requirements. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants you to be, uh, become, he wants to be your Savior. It's not about what you do, he, he, He's already hit the mark. So before man, man was ever separated from God, there was grace. Before man ever sinned, there was grace to make him clean. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but the Bible says in verse 24 of Romans 23, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It's free. Whom God hath set forth to be a a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. So what Jesus did when He went to the cross, He took the judgment for all of our sin. There's judgment for sin. God cannot accept sin. God does not wink at sin. God judges sin. But Jesus went to the cross and carried all of your judgment upon Himself. And here's what He did in essence. He said, I will take all of your sin and in exchange I offer you all of my righteousness. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? That's why it's not of works, it's a free gift. Before man ever became separated from God, there was grace to reconcile him. Isaiah 59 verse 2, the Bible says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Your iniquities, that's another good word picture. The word iniquities, it talks about your bend. Uh, my neighbors, I've talked about it before, have an apple tree. They have an apple tree that actually yields some pretty good apples. But the funny thing about that tree is, man, that tree, somewhere along the line, it got planted in in its young stages. There was some pretty serious wind that got that sucker going this way. And over the years, they've tried all kinds of different things. They've tried to get out there with ratchet straps and hook it to the fence over here and ratchet that thing back and say, we're going to get this tree going back in the right direction. But guess what happens when they take that ratchet strat off and say, okay, is it starting to go in the right? No, it just starts going in that way again. That's what iniquity is. It's, It's a bend. How many of you know that for mankind, man, we might try to go straight, but we still are pretty crooked. See, our iniquities. But that's why that's why salvation and a relationship with Christ is not based on what we do because we always come short. And here's one of the big problems with us. When we do get within that ring and near the bullseye, we get awfully proud about it. You ever, hey, you, you, that answers the question, by the way, what's wrong with a lot of religious people and church people? Why they think they're better than everybody else because they feel like they've got closer to the mark than, everyone, than you have. But here's the thing. They've still missed. But when you, when you know salvation is a free gift by grace through faith, the thing you can't do is you can't boast about it. Do you know that I boast about being saved? I brag about being saved, but I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on the one who saved me, amen? Because I'll look at you and say, I'm just a poor sinner saved by grace. I was a mess when He saved me. I'm still a mess today. But I'd be a whole lot worse off if Jesus hadn't saved me. But Jesus did it all. Jesus, the Bible says, God forbid that I should glory, saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.18, And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So the, God's grace was there to reconcile, to bring us back together. There's a grace that saves. The Bible says in Titus 2.11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. God would that all would be saved. Not only is it a grace that saves, but it's a grace that's sufficient. Romans 5.20, the Bible says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but it says... Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That's good news. Because you may look at your life today and say, Preacher, you don't understand. I don't just have a little bit of sin in my life. I have a lot of sin in my life. Well, I got good news for you. Where sin abounds, God's grace abounds even more. So in other words, it doesn't matter how far someone has gone and how much someone has sinned. It doesn't matter how, how much someone has blasphemed and cussed God and right down the line. God's grace is sufficient. <laughs> Amen? Where, where sin abounds, God's grace much more abounds. Man, God's good. But, so, but not only that, not only but before there was guilt, there was grace, but also before there was the punishment of death, there was the promise of life. Titus Chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, the Bible says, In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. Before the world began, God promised life, eternal life in Jesus Christ. But hath in these due times manifested His word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. The punishment of death. There was the promise of life. There's the promise of life to all that will come. I love John 6, 37, where Jesus made a great statement. He says, all. And you know one of the things I love about the gospel? All is a big word in the gospel message, isn't it? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but all may be saved. The Bible says... All that, here's what Jesus said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Amen. Hey, would you come to Jesus today? See, He's come to you already. He's come for you already. And He says, If you'll come to me, I will not cast you out. He said in Revelation 22, verse 17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. So those who come, those who confess... The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. A very serious question I would have for you today is this. Have you believed on the Lord with your heart? The Bible says in the book of James, He says, If thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. So He says, If you believe in God, that's wonderful. But He goes a little further, and He says, The devils also believe. The demons, Satan, believe. And tremble. See, they they, they have a head knowledge. They acknowledge that there is a God. They acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross. But the Bible says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness. I've shared this many times, but for most of my life, as far back as I can remember, kids, I believed in God. I believed that Jesus went to the cross. I believed that He died on the cross. I believed that He rose again the third day. I believed all that. I believed in Christmas, you know, right down the line. And that's a great thing to believe in, because it's true. But what what, what I was missing was the heart. What I was missing was a personal faith. What I was missing is understanding that a heart belief looks a lot different from a head belief. See, a heart belief is when you put all your faith and trust in Him. And you realize, for me, I realized why Jesus went to the cross finally. I realized why He rose again. Because I was a sinner in need of a Savior. I was separated from God but that if I would just simply humble myself and from my heart, I had prayed before, but 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 that night I prayed from my heart, dear Lord Jesus, please, I accept your forgiveness. I thank you. I believe that you went to the cross for me, and I'm putting all my faith in you, Lord. Not in, not in the fact that I believe in God, not the fact that I'm a good person, not the fact that if I had been baptized, none of that. I'm believing in you and you alone. See, before there was separation, there was an offer for those to be saved, for those who would confess Christ, for those who would come to Christ, for those who would claim Christ. Romans 10, 11, the Bible says, for, for the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And let me tell you something today. Before the first person, the first sinner, ever called on Jesus to be saved, and by the way, when I'm talking about sinners, I'm talking about us, before the first sinner ever prayed to get saved, Jesus was there ready to receive them. Amen? Ain't that right? Hallelujah. It's just like the Father when the prodigal uh, son had left. The Father was ready when he got there. You want to know what else? As I bring out just this, maybe my last actual point before there was a hell, there was a heaven. Before there was a hell, there was a heaven. You know, Jesus said that, the, uh, that, that hell was created for the devil and his angels. There is a literal place called hell. There's a literal fire burning hell. There's a literal lake of fire. But the Bible says it was not created for man, but for the devil and the demons uh, that follow the devil. That's who hell was created for. But here's the issue. We're all eternal beings. You will live on forever somewhere. And biblically speaking, there's only two places. And that's with God in heaven, or that's separated in a place called hell. But it's not God's will. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it very clearly. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, Jesus went to the cross. He wanted, he wanted, not only did he want to keep you out of hell, which he does. But He wanted to reconcile you with Himself. He wanted to know you. He wanted you to know Him so much that He would rather die. He would rather die than spend eternity without you. And that's exactly what He did. He went to the cross. He died there. He rose again so that you could be saved. Before there was a heaven, there was a hell. I mean, I'm sorry, before there was a hell, there was a heaven. Uh, for that's intended jesus said it's for a redeemed people he said in john 14 let not your heart be troubled you believe in god believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you i go to prepare a place for you and if i go to prepare a place for you i will come again and receive you unto myself that where i am there you may be also It's for a redeemed people, heaven is. You must be redeemed. It's for a righteous people. The Bible says in Philippians 3, 9, And be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, not having my righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. See, the Bible says we're saved by grace through faith. That means grace means there's nothing we can do to attain it or earn it. Faith means it comes just by trusting Him and trusting, okay, Jesus, I'm believing on You. I'm believing that You got the job done. So heaven is prepared for a redeemed people, a righteous people, a reconciled people. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. See, when you get saved, the Lord takes your sins away. He washes your sins away. Isn't it good to have a, have a clean conscience, by the way? I can stand before you today, joyful in Jesus, not because I've lived a perfect life, not even one day, but because my sins have been forgiven. And yours can be too. And I love that verse, don't you? As far as the east is from the west. I'm glad it didn't say the north from the south, because we could calculate that, couldn't we? From the North Pole to the South Pole. But man, the east, east from the west just carries the idea that they don't meet again. It just keeps on going. In other words, God takes our sins away. He takes our sins away. Now, i got to tell you, I can't comprehend all that God has for us. And there truly is once more, or much more. You know, there's so much more that we could say this morning in regards to before the beginning. We could say before there was a problem. Anybody got a problem today? I got problems. Uh, but before there was ever a problem, there was a solution. Amen. Man, I don't know how I'd make it through this life without knowing the Lord's got my life figured out. Amen? Because before whatever it is that I'm facing, I'll be honest with you, you know one of the things I struggle with? What God wants me to do, knowing who I am and knowing what He wants me to do is so far beyond anything I can do. But that also leads to being here today, standing before you, being here where I am. So I know, well, before God ever told me to do it, He would give me the power to do it. He would enable me. So... Before there was a problem, there was a solution. Hey, listen to this one. You know one of my favorites too? Listen to this, teens. Listen to this, everybody. Before there was ever a temptation, there was a way out. Before there was ever a temptation, there was a way out. Before there was ever a trial, there was deliverance. Before there was ever a wreck, there was reconciliation. And all I'm simply saying today is this. That there's a God in heaven that's got a plan for the ages, but He's also got a plan for you today. As we all stand this morning, and Dan, if you would come play something softly, will you listen to a true statement today? Before you ever came here today, God knew you would be here. And I do not know what your need is today. have no clue. But I wish I could communicate something to you very, very sincerely today. The Lord knows you. (laughs) He knows your thoughts before you think them. He knows the life you've lived already before you've ever lived one day of it. He loves you. He cares about you. And I don't know what your need is today, but one thing I would love to encourage you in is this. If you're here today, and you have not believed on Christ from your heart, I want to invite you to do that today. You know God spoke in some of your hearts today. Just as clear and clearer than I'm speaking to you right now, God spoke to your heart, and you know that He awakened something inside of you. Not to become religious, but to accept this relationship that He's offering to you today. God has His hand outstretched. And if you're here today and you've not believed on the Lord from your heart, in that same passage, the Lord tells us how to do it. He says, with the heart man believeth. Do you believe today that Jesus died for your sins? Do you understand today that your sins separate you from God? Can you admit that? Acknowledge your sinfulness? You say, well, I don't know, preacher. I'm right there within, I'm real close to the bullseye. But have you missed it? Because if you had, if you missed it by an inch, you might as well have missed it by a mile. You've missed it. You've come short. You need to be able to admit that today. And then just from your heart, cry out and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge to you today that I am a sinner. I want you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and be my Lord and be my Savior. Believe from your heart. And you know what God promised He'll do? He'll save you. Just like He saved me. Just like He saved many of us that are here today. He'll save your soul. Child of God, I don't know your need today. But God does. There might be somebody in here today say, Preacher, I have fallen bad. I've got some sin I've committed. I've got it covered up in my life. I'm struggling with guilt. I'm struggling with... Feeling terrible? Let me tell you something. Before you ever committed that sin, God knew it. And He's provided forgiveness for you too. You just got to confess today, man. Get it right. Turn from your sin. Turn to Jesus today. This altar's open if you need it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank You, dear Lord, for Your faithfulness. Thank You that before the world began, You had a plan for every moment. And You had a plan for every life. And Lord, that you love and care about deeply every single person in here today, I pray that you'll speak to hearts as you are doing, help them to respond in Jesus' name. What's that hymn number? I think we'll sing a line or two. 157, please, if you'd like to sing along. And listen, you think about this today. Think about Jesus coming to all the way from heaven to Bethlehem to the manger, Think about him going all the way to the cross, all the way to the tomb, rising the third day. Think about Jesus coming right here to where you are this morning, because he's here. The Spirit of God's here. Think about him coming all that way, and he just wants you all you have to do is take one step toward him today. He's come so far. Will you take that next step as we sing, Jesus paid it all? sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow amen well listen as we as we get ready to dismiss and we are but i just want to challenge you dan you continue to play please and if you do not know jesus today please don't leave today without finding somebody i'd love to talk to you maybe you got questions i'd love to do my best to answer them Make sure, do not leave today. Do not leave without knowing for sure that you're on your way to heaven. Amen. That you've believed on him from your heart. Child of God, make sure you do business with him, all right? Remember, next Sunday is our Harvest Sunday. It's Bring a Friend Sunday. We're trying to encourage everybody to invite at least five friends to come with them. Uh, We're going to be having gift bags in the back, we're going to have soup and uh, chili. I believe y'all got to make it for us to have that, uh, So, but they'll, it'll be here, all right? Uh, uh, guys, let's see what kind of chili you can make, all right, and bring, and uh, it's going to be a great, great week next week, so I uh, thank y'all all for being here so much, and I'm going to ask uh, Matt uh, School if he would, to dismiss us in a word of prayer, uh, and when he says amen, you are dismissed. Thanks so much for being here today.